0: Yeah.
1: friend bleed orange and blue to the bitter end come and join us ddnvr we are dnvr we are dnvr coming to you live from studio a at the dnvr bar and the a stands for amazing as an amazing weekend of college hoops <laughs> uh, i have watched at I've watched portions of every single game um, that has happened over the last, whatever that it would be, four days. What was your favorite one? Oh, man, it didn't have the ending I wanted, but probably the last one last night, Mm. uh, TCU, Arizona. That was Um, so good. Andre and I decided to bet on every single underdog blindly (laughs) throughout the entire tournament to see if that could be a profitable... Uh, venture. Did you so still fa- bet
2: on the 16s to beat the 1s? Yes, we did. Yes, mm-hmm. we
1: did. Um, so far, it actually has been profitable, mm-hmm. um, decently profitable. Uh, but it would have been, been a lot better if we could have got that TCU over Arizona last night.
0: Well, it's funny. The first game of the weekend and the last game of the weekend were probably the two most memorable ones. The Baylor-Carolina game to start and then TCU-Arizona yeah. last night. And both of them had instances in the last few minutes where you had... A dribbler who was in trouble, but literally, sh- basically n- nudged to put it kindly yeah. across the timeline, and no call. no call either time.
2: How it's about a- <laughs> that though? The dunk to try to end it, and he still oh, has a ball in his hand. Finger roll, so man.
1: juicy. If Arizona had lost that way, <laughs> yeah. bummer. Anyways, uh, great weekend of college hoops. Um, the March Madness literally never disappoints.
2: Yep, and it's it's batting again. And hey, I went three for three over at DraftKings, so I'm feeling great. Ooh,
1: my percentage is probably really low, um, <laughs> considering just blind underdogs every time. But I believe the current count is we're up um, 7.1 units. Ah,
2: very good, very yes. good. Up 10 and a half,
1: but. Wow, draft, yeah. wow. You, hit, you must have hit some money lines or <laughs> uh, parlay. I,
2: I, I hit one parlay and then hit one uh, DraftKings boost.
1: Nice, yeah. nice. By
0: Look. the way, I continued my trend of betting against my team. Mm-hmm. And so when Brady Manick got ejected for the flagrant two and the oh, Baylor was wow. down 24, I did a couple of money line bets. Mm. If Baylor would have won... I would have won. I th- so I believe it was like $300 on a $2
1: bet. Jeez, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was wow. crazy. You yeah. should have taken the buyout. <laughs> no, Once seriously. they came all the way back, probably could have got 100 out of it. It anyway. wouldn't let me. Oh, really? Mm. At the end
0: of regulation, I tried to oh, do yeah, it. Oh, yeah, you
1: got to do it before the last two minutes. Yeah, wouldn't, exactly. wouldn't let me. It wouldn't yeah. let me, yeah. Yeah. Um, But
0: but you know what? I'm happy to lose money because the Tar Heels won.
1: There you go. And I'll
0: do the same thing Friday night when they play UCLA.
1: The emotional hedge never (laughs) lets you down. Um, (laughs) Speaking of hedging, are the Broncos hedging their bets at the tackle position uh, because they think they have something in their back pocket? Uh, This weekend, obviously, Lyle Collins goes off the board. He goes to Cincinnati. It sounds like the Broncos weren't all that interested um, at least from the, the some of the reporting that's been out there, not only from Ben Albright, who straight up said they weren't interested, but I think it was Jeremy Fowler who said, like, it was down to the Panthers and the, the Bengals. Um, and then you've got Taron Armstead on the board. He is going down to Miami today, I think, for yeah. a visit. Um, no news on the Broncos being involved there. Nope. So what's going on? I guess the question would be, Should they have gone harder after Lyle Collins? Should they be on Taron Armstead? Or do they feel comfortable with something else such as Bobby Massey?
2: Yes to both of those. I do think they feel comfortable with Bobby Massey and getting a guy in the second or third round. And that's fine. But, and a big but. You just got Russell Wilson. He is your number one asset, not just on offense, not just on your team, in the entire organization. He is the number one asset. He's the most important person in that building. So you know what you do with the most important person in that building? You give him every resource that he needs to stay healthy, to be the best he can be. And I don't care if we're talking a $10 million contract. I don't care if we're talking $15 or $20 million to go get a guy that's going to protect him. You go and do it. And Armstead is the best out there. He's probably the best free agent available this entire offseason. And he plays that position. Yes, he's a left tackle. I don't care. Put him at left tackle. Move Bowles to right tackle. Do everything to protect Russ.
1: Yeah, that's where I think the the hangup probably is. Um, is the, George Payton specifically invested a lot in Garrett Bowles. And I just don't know if he is willing or ready... To move Garrett Bowles over. Now I'm with you. Um,
0: Elway gave gave Bowles the contract. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. It happened late in. 2020. It was his last move. Yeah. Okay. All
1: right. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. That that's different. That actually does change things. I still think probably the reason why you're not seeing the Broncos maybe be in this pursuit is we have our left tackle and we're not going to pay Taron Armstead left tackle money to play right tackle when we don't know how he converts over there. And the same goes for Garrett Bowles, who you're paying left tackle money. Are you going to flip him to the right side? I, I would guess that while for us it's easy to just be like, get the, get the five mm-hmm. best offensive linemen that you can get out there, it's maybe a little bit harder for a team builder to say, I'm paying left tackle money to two guys and putting one at right.
0: I also think he's thinking, we're going to find our right tackle of the future in the draft mm. with either pick 64 or, or, the th- or sometime in the third round. And I th- and I think what you're looking at right now, when you see the Tom Compton uh, signing last week, even the possibility of bringing Bobby Massey back in a few in a few weeks as well, it's all sort of hedging in case the guy that you draft isn't ready to go. Hmm. A la Quinn Miners, who probably wasn't ready to start Week One, was ready to go at midseason when he came in. I think I think they're they're trying to kind of bridge the gap here yeah another breach tackle before they get it right for the long term
2: you better hit on that yeah yeah uh, and again the reason is because you don't want to mess with mm-hmm. russ that's one of the reasons why he was so frustrated with seattle mm-hmm. was they never surrounded him with a quality offensive line now the broncos i think certainly have a better offensive line than, than what Seattle has given him in the past. But still, you don't want to have him come in here and he realizes, uh, wait, you have a big hole at right tackle and the way you filled it was by getting a third a third rounder in the draft who's not ready to go, then you signed a guy after the draft in free agency? That's not really showing that commitment to me. Now, I do think that Bobby Massey is a really good one-year solution but at some point, you've got to find that bigger solution here. And the Broncos don't have a first or second round pick next year to do that. They don't have a first first round pick uh, or even really a second round pick. Their second round pick is the last pick in the second round this year. And I believe that George Payton can find a long-term answer in the third round of the draft this year. But you're rolling the dice a little more. And this is a guy, Lyle Collins is a guy, or Armstead's a guy, where you bring those guys in, There you go. You're set. Now, you're paying a lot of money for him, but you just don't have to worry about it.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of with you. And what actually worries me is we're talking about Bobby Massey here. Um, If you look at the money the Broncos allocated to the right tackle position last year, between Tom Compton and Calvin Anderson, you're basically right where they were. So I'm a little bit worried about them saying, we actually don't need Bobby Massey. We're good with where we are right now. Um, And basically letting Tom Compton... And um, Calvin Anderson battle it out for the starting right tackle job in free in, in training camp. That makes me uncomfortable. And so, to me, I I'm totally with you, Zach. Go get one of these guys. Figure it out later in terms of you know if you're going to get Armstead, it's too late for Collins. If you're going to get Armstead, figure out which one of those guys works better on the right side. Look, the, this is the AFC West. You're going up against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. Guess oh. who matters more on your left tackle or right tackle? Neither. They right. matter the same. Right. You know you're going up uh, against um, who else? <laughs> we Crosby got? Cro- and Chandler. Yeah, Crosby <laughs> and, Chandler- <Jones. laughs> and Chandler Jones. You're gonna need both sides. So it's it's no longer the way it used to be, where every team has one stud pass rusher, and you know they're lining up over your left tackle or your right. You know, you, and you just need one. No, you need both. So pay them both like their left tackles because they're equally as important. Obviously, the left side is going to be the blind side. You want to be more strong over there, but in the end, you need both.
0: Fellas, I'm just going to give you some numbers here: um, nine, six, six, one, two, nine. Those are the games missed in each season by T- Taron Armstead since 2016. Nine, if it was six, going six, to be one, anybody, eight, it needed to be Collins. Yeah. Arm Armstead at this point in his career, he's he's missing more games than than Bobby Massey, a lot more games than Bobby Massey. And, and I think yeah. I think
2: I think really the guy yeah. was Collins, yeah. who, who the Broncos should have been going after because he is the younger one, 28 years old. So this is not a one year solution. This is you give him a five year contract. Bring him in here. He's a guy that, uh, Armstead, Mace, so what's he going to cost? $15, $18, 20000000 million potentially?
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, I'd say maybe at this point, maybe not that much. I mean, Co- Collins got what? Basically, it's $22 million guaranteed. He got it's DJ a three, Jones' contract. It's a three-year deal in terms of per year. It's three years, year. 30 Thir- but, but 22 is guaranteed. It's basically two years, $22 million for all intents and purposes. So it's basically $11 million a year. And Armstead's probably going to be in that same range.
2: Oh, if he's that same range, you go after him right now still oh, because I, I do like the depth. the Broncos have a tackle if they need to turn to one of those Mm. guys Uh, but but my my focus really was on Collins because I think Armstead's gonna come in significantly more expensive than Collins when I saw three years 30 million for for Collins I thought wow yeah that is cheap and then what I boiled it down to because Collins on the other hand he did miss seven games last year I guess he, he missed five games last year but then the year before that He missed one. The year before that, zero. The year before that, zero. So he's a guy that you can count on. And then, so the way I boiled it down to in my head was, let's cap is fake. We know that. But let's say cap wasn't fake, and George Payton wanted to abide by the rules of the cap. Would you rather have Collins or DJ Jones? Pretty much the exact same deals. Three years, thirty million. The only difference: twenty million guaranteed to uh, DJ Jones, twenty-two million guaranteed to Collins.
1: Hmm. I mean, there's a bigger hole where where DJ Jones is. Um, and I don't want to get caught up in the name thing, Yeah, but I, I just think positional value of a tackle, uh, exceeds that, uh, of a defensive tackle
2: positional value of a tackle. And on top of that. Just protecting Russell yeah. Wilson. Let's not overlook that. And also, this team is going to take a step back on defense. That's okay because they're investing more on the offensive side of the ball. So I I, I really need to see an investment at tackle. And to be fair, George, last year was George Payton's first year doing the draft. But going back to Garrett Bowles, I said this last week. Broncos haven't drafted a tackle since Garrett Bowles with the number one overall or with their first round pick in the 2017 draft. That is crazy now i do think that george payton will change that this year but what if he doesn't what if he doesn't that's just until i see that investment in the tackle position uh i'm i'm gonna be worried
0: yeah i think uh dj jones filled a bigger need because if you didn't have dj jones you're you're basically you're trying you're you're gonna try to do a lot of nickel and dime packages and so dj jones makes it possible for you to do those If you don't have DJ Jones, you're inviting teams to just gash you with the run constantly.
1: In the comments, I just want to confirm, why did Lyle Collins miss five games last year? Was he suspended? I don't remember. I'm not sure. Okay. Is that what the comments say? The comment says he was suspended for attempting to bribe a drug test administer. Mm. Yes. Okay.
0: Five game, yeah, five game suspension.
1: I don't care. (laughs)
2: oh right had to think about it i don't care (laughs) so Um, he's healthy is what it shows you
1: yeah i mean what it tells me likely is that he smokes weed big deal um and that he thought he was smarter than he maybe was (laughs) all right yeah uh not the worst idea i've ever heard um, That's a very but,
2: honest uh drug tester person because yeah. I doubt the NFL's matching what Lyle Collins was gonna give him.
1: What do you think? Ten grand?
2: Yeah, probably, but I I guarantee you the NFL <laughs> didn't turn around and say, you know what, for being honest and not taking his ten grand, Here's we'll give you ten, 10 grand. grand. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> Definitely not. Um yeah, not the not the best move. No uh, but not a good look. Not a quarterback. <laughs> right. Yeah. If my quarterback's doing stuff like that, right, eh, right, I have some questions. Right. Um, and tackled. you know what?
2: He he was doing that just to make sure he was out there to protect Dak Prescott. That yeah. was his mindset. 100%. <laughs>
1: yeah. And you know. And to get a paycheck. Protect his paycheck. <laughs> yeah. uh, it would have it would have been a great trade for him if it worked. Yeah. It, it certainly it turned would've. out to be a really bad trade. It, it did. It <laughs> did.
2: Yeah. What? Ten grand to lose? How much did he probably millions? Yeah. And for for five games. Uh, and so w- what's funny is before Collins. Was signed by the Bengals. I didn't think the Broncos were going to go after him that hard, uh, and they didn't go after him that hard. And and I was like, ah, oh, it'd be nice if they could get him. But I honestly thought he was going to be fifteen million dollars a year. A tack- tackle that came on, a starting tackle that came on the market a couple days after free agency. I thought people were going to jump all over him. Then when I saw that ten million dollar come in, I was like, man, that's a bummer.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, that's a that's a bargain. This is a weird year. This is a crazy offseason in the NFL. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously you rarely see quarterback, big name quarterbacks moving around. Big name quarterbacks are moving around every five minutes, literally mm-hmm. two minutes before the start of the yes, show. We Matt saw Ryan's one. a cult. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield's probably somewhere by the end of the day, at least the end of the week. Yep. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson's in a new place, Russell Wilson's in a new place. This stuff never happens. And then you rarely see tackles, you know, good offensive tackles just bouncing around in free agency. And not only are there two out there who are really well-known and really good, but they, they're they going late. Right. Like, what is happening
2: yeah, here? Yeah, it's so – and you still look at the names that are available outside of the tackle position. Yep. You still have huge names. Now, maybe we're getting caught up in names, but still uh, on a lot of people's, you know, top 25 boards, there's still like eight to ten guys out there.
1: Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, Bobby Wagner, Stephon Gilmore. Yep names that everyone knows Yep, uh, honey badgers yep. still out there you know obviously the broncos guys kareem jackson bryce callahan yeah uh, bobby massey they're all just sitting out there it almost reminds me a little bit of like the fake hot stove of baseball where like all of a sudden it's like free agency open and then just nothing <laughs>
0: happens there are big moves at the top what and then once those big moves happen, and they're usually for guys that ha- that are kind of in a specific window of their career, once those moves happen, it's like if you're at a later window, if you're like from the NFL, for example, if you're on your third or fourth contract, you're going to find the market wanting at this point. Yeah. It's kind of the, what we're kind of seeing is a little bit of the shredding of the middle class
1: of free agency here. Yeah, and that's not a good thing. Uh um, like, I like, want to see these players getting paid. Like
0: look at these deals at the Bron- like some of the deals that the Broncos ha- have had, you know, since the flurry of signings. You know, you know, J. R., J. R. Reed, Singleton, Josh Johnson. These are guys they're
1: I really like Singleton by yeah. the way. Uh I, I was, I've obviously he, watched a lot of Eagles games. He, he Flies. Can,
0: yeah, I mean, you're he's basically your insurance policy if uh if Baron Browning doesn't proved to be right for what the Broncos are. Right. Doing.
1: And special teams ace yes. at the very least.
0: J.R. Um, Reed is a special teams guy. Yeah that they brought I mean I, there's some Great saying, name. Oh, does this take him out for Kareem Jackson? It actually it doesn't take him out for Kareem no. Jackson. Yeah. You know, J every snap that J.R. Reed played for the Rams was on special teams.
1: So if I'm one of these guys that's left over, a Tyron Matthew, mm-hmm. a Kareem Jackson, a Chris mm-hmm. Harris Junior, Bobby Wagner, I'm taking a little bit of the power back and saying I'm not signing anywhere until halfway through training camp. You're doing what mm-hmm. Evan Mathis did. Right. Uh, waiting
0: for the right situation with the right team yeah exactly it pops up and then and then you a team gets desperate i mean you gotta have a lot of confidence to do that but then you can put yourself in the best situation in terms of getting to a team that is going for it
1: totally yeah. and also just not having to go to otas and yeah. all that stuff you know extend your offseason, hang out Absolutely. obviously you gotta stay in shape um and do you know you'll do your own workouts but it's not as if Tyron Matthew is not getting picked up somewhere. Right.
2: No. Mm-hmm. He will sign somewhere. Ex- a- absolutely. And guys, crazy enough, two weeks from today, the Broncos offseason uh workout program can begin.
1: Man, it moves quick, man.
2: Broncos are back almost. The, almost.
1: <laughs> and what's crazy what's even crazier is, you know, we're a month away from the draft. Yeah. It just all yeah. NFL, like I've told people this privately, I'll say it here. When the Broncos got Russell Wilson, I, I was like, oh, shit, what are we going to talk about after we after the Russell Wilson wave ends? And then I just remembered, like, oh, right, the NFL wave never ends. No, it doesn't. There's just another thing that yep. comes yep. every single time.
2: Yep, especially this offseason with the Denver Broncos. They've got two of the three big things figured out. They have their coach figured out. They have their quarterback figured out. And maybe right when that dead window hits, the only dead window in the NFL, it's four to six weeks in the summer,
1: Maybe that's when the Broncos get a new owner, and they keep us busy once again. Uh, of course, of course they would. Uh, but we'll always keep you busy down here at the DNVR mm. bar. You can come down, hang out, watch games. I was sitting at that booth right in my little uh, corner seat there. You had a pillow too, right? I didn't. I should have. I, I calculated. in this. I was in this bar for 28 of 36 hours <laughs> when March that Madness incri- started.
2: And that, Was that Thursday and Friday? No. No. Thursday, Friday. Thursday, Friday. Thursday, yeah. Friday. As it should be.
1: And then I totally burnt out and spent the entire rest of the weekend on the couch, which just as good. Um, almost. Almost. I didn't have someone to like bring me drinks or food um, like you do here at the DNVR <laughs> bar. That's very true. Uh, so come, at, come down here, hang out. We also um, have the Nuggets Party Bus coming up. Um, I think it might actually be sold out, but we also have an Ooh, Avs one coming out uh, after that. And, and Mostly, I just want to make sure you guys keep an eye out for this stuff because yeah. it's awesome. What happens is it's sort of like our tailgates, but take it up a notch mm. because you come down to the bar, you meet up with everyone, you have some drinks, you hang out, then you get on the bus, you go to the game, and then you have your ticket too with all of the DNVR fam who's out there, which is a really cool way to spend a game. Everyone's you know out there doing chants and stuff like that. Um, so check it out. Uh, it's all on dnvrlocker.com. You can see what events we have coming up on there from a party bus perspective. Uh, but either way, come down, hang out at the bar.
2: And go check out our friends over at Lightshade Dispensary, where right now they've got Escape Artist, which is the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado that prioritizes quality and consistency. They have ratios available in one-to-one and high ratio CBD, 20-to-one. They're always using the best materials and ingredients to deliver that premium experience. And if you use the code DNVR over at Lightshade, whether you're in person or online, you will get 25% off all night non-sale items. So check them out. Use that code DNVR. And whether you are a casual consumer or a connoisseur, they've got everything you need over at Lightshade. So check them out. Use that code DNVR.
0: Also check out Breckenridge Brewery wherever you are around the country. You can find out where to get some of those delicious Breckenridge brews like we get here over at the DNVR bar by going to the Breck Beer Locator on their website. And uh, you're going to find probably a, a liquor store, package store, a even a, even a, maybe even a drugstore, because there are some states where you can get plenty of beer in places like Walgreens and CVS. You're probably not too far from being able to get up to a place that has some of those delicious Breckenridge brews that we enjoy here at DMVR and we enjoy here throughout Colorado. So if you're watching outside of Colorado, you want to have a little bit of a taste of. The Rocky Mountain State. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at their website and find out where to get some of those delicious Breckenridge brews. They've got something for every beer palate. If you like fruit beer like me, you can get the Strawberry Sky. I'm not really an IPA, but the guy, but they've got you covered on IPAs. Pretty much Breckenridge Breck Brew has the has an array of beers to satisfy any taste. So check that out at Breckenridge Brewery.
1: All right, let's move along here. Uh, Mace, I think, we're, are we going to let you go to go do a press conference? Well, I'm
0: waiting for the Zoom link to come in. All right. And as... it hasn't come in yet. So All right. We're I... going to
1: lose Mace here in a second um, because who's first? Do you know? I don't know. Because Josh Johnson. Yes. Gosh. I, I don't, I, I, my, my brain always wants to say Josh Jones. Mm. Josh Johnson and who else is meeting today? Alex Singleton. Alex Singleton, my guy um are are going to meet with the media so Mace will go jump over there and of course you can check out uh vdnvr.com later to hear what they had to say and what, what was the most interesting angle that comes out of there um but yeah you know the Broncos are kind of just they made their yep. couple big moves yep Now they're just filling in little gaps.
2: Yep, and that's what's expected moving forward from now. Of course, over the weekend, the Broncos did make two moves internally to open up some more money, but then quickly realizing that that's kind of money they needed in order to make these smaller moves. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, if let's say, I don't know, they wanted to spend $10 million on Bobby Wagner. They could go restructure and do what they did with Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. They could do that with Garrett Bowles. They could do that with Justin Simmons. They could find money, but it really feels like, okay, now we're just filling in the roster, and this is George Payton's season, right? I'm sure George loved making the trade for Russ, but this is where he thrives, is by finding the special team linebackers for a million dollars who, oh, by the way, led the Eagles in tackles the past two years.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um by the way, speaking of like the the trade for Russ, and there's been a few stories that have come out about it now. I actually just realized that I got distracted in the middle of the Sam Farmer one and never finished it. Um, but there's a couple stories that have come out about kind of how this went down. How crazy is it that like we were adjacent to the entire process, but didn't know mm-hmm. about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It started yep. in mobile. We <laughs> yep. were there. Yeah. Um, you know, we were just at the wrong yep. restaurant, I guess, <laughs> yep. uh, then it moved on to Indianapolis, yep. where. You know we were at all the happening spots you know <laughs> rubbing shoulders with with the people that we wanted to be <laughs> yeah. but it but was
0: going down at the non-happening spots.
1: exactly yeah. off the beaten path yeah, yeah. Uh, there's you know John Schneider and, and George Payton making the deal that would you know change everything for both franchises it's just kind of funny thinking about it like oh we were Within a mile, probably, of everything (laughs) that was going on. Yep,
2: and it's crazy. And George Payton really made an emphasis to this multiple times last week of just thanking everyone involved for not letting it get out. The fact that a blockbuster trade didn't leak that had been talked for for a month is wild.
1: It didn't even leak in, like, rumor form. Nope. Nope. Not at all. That's like you like you <laughs> saw this
2: morning with before the trade went down with the Colts, everyone was saying I wouldn't be surprised if uh if co- the Colts get Matthew <laughs> Stat or get Matt Ryan, and then of course that did happen.
1: There's an old line real Gs move in silence like lasagna. <laughs> and George is a real G, He's literally. A real g. Uh I g got, I gotta give it to him. I mean yep. you know, it's not like we're like big insider scoop guys over here, so I don't I don't really care, you know, like right. I bet, you know, it wasn't uh scooped or leaked or anything like that i i got respect for it yeah it's clearly the way george payton likes to do business i i kind of understand it he even uh, alluded to it he's like you never know if like the leak is going to mess it up it's a yeah. little bit of paranoia mm-hmm. yeah oh, absolutely right? uh, and i respect that about him um it, you know the way it went in the first story i read which mm-hmm. i'm blanking i think it was peter king basically no n- not even anyone else knew about it until this uh the combine Mm -hmm. When they started kind of letting a few people in that needed to be in to get the deal done. But
0: even then, it was such a small circle of people who knew that when the news broke, you had people in the Broncos building that were shouting and and hooting and hollering because very few people knew and what was about to go down one of those
1: people who was shouting and hooting and hollering <laughs> sadly was shelby harris <laughs> yep yep. Mm. that was um uh, that was sad well that, that was
0: we we joked about that with aaron Rodgers, like that if they made the trade for him like hey we trade for aaron Rodgers, great what we give up you, you. <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's essentially what happened and i saw some people saying like
1: um like i can't believe that they didn't tell them first who knows how this stuff mm-hmm. happens you know uh, agents are usually the ones who are leaking this stuff to the insider, so um, it's, it's, a, it's possible that George Payton didn't know it was coming out when it came out.
2: He did know. what uh, He he knew it was coming out when it came out. Okay. I know that for sure. Mm. And I also know that George picked up the phone right away to call those guys, to to call the people that had been traded. So they did call him right after the trade, but also in those initial reports of the trade happening, right, it, 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 it it there weren't names uh, of who it was. So George did try to uh, contact the
1: players before they heard other. other By the way,
0: Jameis Winston gets re-signed with the Saints.
1: All right james to the saints
0: 21 million guaranteed 22 years 28 million is the contract
2: 14 mil for a guy that played what five games last year yeah
0: played very well it's an they weren't going to do better
1: yeah you know who also played well when they played last year who josh johnson he actually did he looked decent when he played last year (laughs) um what how many nfl teams is this for him now
0: denver's 14. 14 That is absurd. Yeah, and if we count other leagues because he played in the UFL, the AAF, and the XFL, he is on. So he he he's never gone to the CFL. Surprisingly, he's on his seventeenth team in his fourth league.
2: It's incredible, and the, this guy's just racking them up. You know, a million at a time. That's unbelievable. Think
0: How old is he? Uh, he he came into the league in 09. I think he's I think 08, or actually or 08 or right 09. So he's like a 36 by now. Yeah. What think, man? Congrats. What I want to ask him on the conference call whenever that happens is, do you have do you like have your jerseys framed?
1: Right. I want to yeah. know which one which is his favorite place he's played so far. Yeah. I it's just I mean, okay, so congrats you, to him. This is not easy to hang around this long, bounce around, go to different leagues, come back. That's uh, it's really impressive. So let me read you all
2: the teams he's played for, and you tell me what you think his favorite one was. He came in with the Bucks, then 49ers, then the Sacramento Mountain Lions, mm. the Cleveland Browns, the Cincinnati Bengals, the 49ers again, the Bengals, the Jets, the Colts, the Bills, the Ravens, the Giants, the Texans, the Raiders, the Redskins, the San Diego Fleet, the Lions, the Los Angeles Wildcats, the 49ers, the New York Jets, the Baltimore Ravens, oh and now God.
1: the Denver Broncos. That's so so absurd. <laughs> um I'm going to guess that his favorite is Cleveland. Wow. Yep. Why? Why? Because
2: he got to be on his own carousel there?
1: Uh I just think that their fan base is so rabid that mm-hmm. he'll say that like it, it was impressive just how much the t- the team the fans cared even when the team I was mean bad. he was a
0: buccaneer though for the first 4 seasons of his career. Mm. That's true. So, and he's, he got his first start with Tampa Bay actually uh, in '09. I was actually at his first start because it was oh. against Carolina. I think it was like twenty-eight, twenty-one. The Bucks lost. Um, I'd have to say probably. I'd have to say probably Tampa Bay.
1: And, well, you're going to have to make sure we get this bet settled.
2: Yeah, and I'll go on a, I'll mm. go on a limb and say the 49ers because he was with them three different times.
1: He was, yes. He got. <laughs> He should just if have a place. It. He'll probably end up back yes,
2: there anyway. Yes. I'm not sure he makes enough money to afford a place. To yeah,
0: but he never was on the 49ers in the regular season, though.
2: Still, he was yeah, there. That's that's four, why. Different, season. four gotta, different seasons. I got to I got to go
0: with the place where he spent most of his regular season <laughs> time. If I'm <laughs> if I'm guessing anything, although it's funny, like he's come back around and signed with like the Forty Nineers multiple times in the off season. He's been with the Jets multiple times. So like he's bit. He, if we're talking about jersey collections, he could have two different Jets jerseys because that's they true. changed. That's true. Between the time between his stint between his stints. I mean, this is just. It, this is the, this is the this is the ultimate journeyman quarterback.
2: So are we done with Brett Rippin? Is he done here? You're bringing in a 35 year old guy that's played with 14 different teams. He's clearly the backup, right?
1: Yeah, but I mean, Brett can is Brett still have a practice squad eligibility? believe so. Well, then he'll
2: stick around. Okay, so a practice squad guy. But if you lose him, it's fine. Because last year the Broncos were not fine with losing Brett Rippon. Remember, they brought him up and then kept him on the active roster for like over half the year last year when a team was going to poach him. I
0: don't know that the new staff (laughs) has the same value of Brett Rippon as Mm -hmm. the old staff did. The other thing is... if they, if they draft a quarterback on day three, if they take, for example, Caleb Ellaby out of Western Michigan, who, of course, his offensive coordinator most of his time there is now coaching tight ends for the Broncos. If that's if they do that, there's no room for Brett Rippon at the end.
1: Definitely not. Um, one thing I keep having to remind myself is we're going backwards one staff in terms of the scheme. So... Guys like Brett Ripon, who were brought in by the Scangarello <laughs> regime, right. are back, kind of in the fit. You know, they, they fit once again in terms of, you know, what they were at least brought here to do. Like a guy like Dalton Reisner, I think, is one who we can reset our expectations for. I think over the last two years, we've kind of gone backwards right. on Dalton, and unfortunately, you know, it's not guaranteed that he's going to go back to the rise that he was originally on in that offense. Remember, he was brought here to play that offense. And there's other guys like that. Rippin', you know, I think he was just brought in for the most part because Gangarello really liked him. Um we we even saw them um, you know, bumping shoulders uh in two different places. So we knew there was a there was a a, you know a a, um, affinity there. Yep. Um but it is something to keep in mind. The guys that were brought in by that staff are um, once again, quote-unquote, scheme fits.
2: And and you said it, I think Dalton Reisner is the guy who is going to get the biggest boost from that, and it's a much-needed boost because this, with where the team is right now, I don't think he's guaranteed a starting job because, and I don't think Lloyd Cushenberry is guaranteed a starting job. The only guy on the inside of the Broncos' offensive line that I think is guaranteed a starting job, and I don't think they're even going to say it's guaranteed, but it's guaranteed, is Quinn Miners. Mm. Uh, Natani Muti's got to fight for a job, but you know what? Natani Muti can do that at left guard. He can try to right. uh, take over Dalton Reisner. Graham Glasgow, I think he's going to be the center for the Broncos, but him and Lloyd are going to mm. battle it out there. So you're going to have a battle at center. You're going to have a battle at left guard. And the only one that, that's stable is Quinn Miners.
1: Why do you say Quinn?
2: Uh, they love him. They let, And the new staff loves him too.
1: Yeah, he, he seems like he would fit with the new staff. Yes, he does.
0: I mean, the question is, what do you want to do with Graham Glasgow? I mean, you could argue his best career season was at Center in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Are you having him push Cushenberry? Or are you having him push Re- push Reisner? You've got Natani Muti in there as well. I mean do you have uh, does he push Reisner and then Glasgow pushes Cushionberry and then Quinn Miners is set at the other guard spot I mean they've got a few possibilities that they can if, that they can go with.
1: Here. If Quinn minor, I've told this story once before on this pod at least, but I'll, I'll say it again for any of our new listeners. If Quinn pans out, It is the ultimate flex for George Payton because I heard from multiple places that when the Broncos selected Quinn Miners, multiple front offices were audibly laughing at them (laughs) because they thought, oh, they fell for the trap. They took the bait. They're the idiots who fell for the Quinn Miners thing. And I know that George Payton has heard this. So if that works out... That's going to be a, a fun one for him. And if I were him, I don't know if he's this petty, but I would be sending some texts.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, at what point in his career do you feel comfortable sending texts? Like Pro Bowl? <clears throat> Just a, a 16-game starter this year?
1: I guess... It would depend. I mean, probably Pro Bowl is like the undeniable yeah, yeah. you get to dunk on them. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And you send it right after those those votes come out. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that would be fantastic.
1: It would. Um, all right. Just to tie a bow on this, is there any chance in your mind that, you know, uh, one of these names, like a Bobby Wagner, a Tyron Matthew, um, I'm, I'm naming guys who aren't current or weren't Broncos last right. year, you know, any right. of these outside guys end up Broncos?
2: No, I don't think so. I think the big moves are done, and it is about mm-hmm. looking at internal guys. Uh, the Bryce Callahans, the Kareem Jacksons of the world.
0: Mace? I agree. I mean, I think maybe the one uh, the, the one that I could see is uh, they could bring in a, cor- a slot cornerback if they decide Bryce Callahan isn't healthy. They could go outside, but in general, I think we're just going to see some re-signings and then fringe and special teams uh, types of pickups.
1: <coughs> Bless you. Gosh, I'm wrote... bad
0: timing. Get the camera off me.
1: All right. <laughs> uh, um, lost my train of thought there. I wrote this in our in our roundtable on the dnvr.com the other day. Um, and this is my big question as it relates to this. You need a slot corner, right? Mm-hmm. You could use a strong safety, right? Mm-hmm. You always could love some in-the-box linebacker mm-hmm. help, right? Yep. Tyron Matthew checks off all three. He does. He can be... Obviously, he can play the traditional safety role alongside Justin Simmons, which is scary. He's played a good chunk of snaps in the slot, just straight up playing slot corner over the last couple of years. And we know that if you want to go single high, he can creep down to the box and help you in the run game. Th- uh, killing three birds with one stone here. How much are you paying him? I don't know. I mean, it can't be that much this late, right? Uh,
2: let's say it's 10 million. I have no
1: idea what it's going to be. I think <laughs> anyone that's getting signed... Now, aside from maybe Armstead, is getting less than that.
2: I agree with you. Outside of this year, just with the fact of how many big time players are still on the market, that's just what what makes me disagree with that a little bit. But what, when you say that, the only reason I, I try to put a price on it is, could you get Kareem Jackson, Bryce Callahan, and Chris Harris Jr. for the same amount of money that the Honey Badger would be? And, I don't. And who would you want?
1: I think it's like five million for Honey Badger. Mm, yeah, then I do it. I certainly do it
0: incentive late maybe it's five is the base and there are certain there are certain escalators that you build in there yeah i mean there's a pro bowl escalator in there for example
1: you want him to hit those escalators so it's a win-win for everyone um i i just think three birds with one stone he's also a dog like Mm -hmm. and that's what i wrote is you know (laughs) as a (laughs) key believe would say you need dogs and especially on the defensive side of the ball and as i look around that defense who is that person Especially without Kareem Jackson, because I think he is one.
2: Um, a dog on defense. You hope it's DJ Jones now.
1: Yeah, I don't know enough about like his personality mm-hmm. um, to know if he's like that on the field. Um, but if you as you look around, you have really good players. Um, you have Justin Simmons. You have Pat Sertan. You have DJ Jones. You have Bradley Chubb. Randy Gregory maybe has that in him. Um, but you need more. Yep. You always yep. need more.
2: Yep, yep. I, I, I'm, I'm down for that signing. Yep. I, I'm certainly down for that signing.
1: Yep. So that'll be interesting to follow. I think we'll just. I think you guys are probably right. I'm just gonna sit here holding out hope that you know they, uh, the, the price comes down based on the longevity that these guys are available and the Broncos are able to jump and make a move for one of these. You know. Well, I think part. Wave
0: I'm guys. trying to put myself in George Payton's perspective here and part of it is you know everyone's like go for it go for it go for it well you've already you don't have a rookie contract on the quarterback and the and the quarterback contract is going to be bigger in 2024 and beyond and you're thinking i mean you might literally be signing Russell Wilson in 2 years to a 6 year 330 million dollar contract 55 million a year with 275 million guaranteed if we saw what Deshaun Watson just signed for Russell Wilson is going to get more than that in all likelihood. So I don't think the Broncos are yet in the space where they're going to completely blow up their plans to go for it, knowing what Russ's contract is going to be like in 2024 and beyond. I don't think we're at that
1: kind of desperate moment just yet. I know the answer to this, but I want to pose the question just because. um, Any chance that Russ learned from his experience in Seattle – and is willing to take less to win. No, but
2: also, I would like to... I I think this is a great, deeper conversation to have of what that price is going to be, and if he would take less.
1: Here's here's what I'll say for all quarterbacks. You don't accept a penny less than what Deshaun Watson got, and you don't accept a penny less than everything guaranteed. Mm. What are they going to do? Let you walk? Right. No, they aren't. You hold all the power. No, no. We'll talk about tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. Um, Before we move on to the comments and questions, a shout-out to DraftKings Sportsbook, where you can still bet $5 on any NCAA tournament team and win $200 in free bets if you get it right. Uh, You could have done any one versus 16 this last weekend, uh, and you would have gotten all of those right. Uh, You couldn't have done all the two versus 15s, and it's going to get a little bit tighter here. Um, I would probably still put it on Gonzaga. Uh, they're the most advanced team they have the easiest scoring with Holmgren and Timmy I think it's gonna be really tough to beat them unless they beat themselves which they've had some moments um but when they, when push comes to shove they just give it to Timmy and he like doesn't miss from inside five feet so uh that's who I would put it on but anyways uh go over there you can also get a sign up bonus up to a thousand dollars when you use the code dnvr at sign up of course, it must be 21 or older. Colorado only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match. Each up to $500. A deposit bonus requires a 25x playthrough and restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sports for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700.
2: DraftKings actually says that's not the safest bet this weekend. Uh, and I want to dive into our DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week. I'm not going to go with this one because you just wouldn't be winning any money. So they have Gonzaga at minus 425 to win. They've got Purdue over St. Peter's, a 3 over 15 at minus 1,000. So according to DraftKings, that's the way to go. Ryan, I like yours, though. St. Peter's may just have something in the water that scares me a little bit. Uh, and going up against Purdue, even though I did put some money on him yesterday, I just maybe just wary of St. Peter's right now. So I like Gonzaga. But I like another game where I'm going with my DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week, Duke. They're my pick to win it all. Wow. I, I believe in the Shashevsky story, the miracle he's going to go out mm. on top. They're playing Texas Tech, who's a very good team. And Duke is underdogs. They're the two going up against the three. They're underdogs. Uh, now they're they're becoming slightly closer to, uh, to not being the underdogs. They're plus one right now. But give me Duke at minus 105.
0: Wait a second. Did you just describe a five-time national championship program, a number two seed, winning it all as a miracle?
1: No. I don't think I said miracle.
0: I think you just used the word miracle
1: in there. I think he was pointing to the, uh, uh the good, the, the feel de- good the, story. The I destiny. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: okay. It's a, the, yeah, that's fair. It's not a miracle of Duke quints. No, no. I, th- I think it's a feel,
2: I think it's, you know, she's just going on It feels, uh, it feels, yeah, it feels good to, it, yeah.
0: if you're, if you're a Duke fan, it feels great. If you I, hate Duke, it's miserable.
2: I'm I'm very new- well. Yeah, you hate Duke, of mm. course that makes sense. But I'm very neutral on Duke. I like yeah. I, I I'd, I'd like to cheer for him. Like to not cheer for him. I don't care. Mm. I think it'd be cool to see Shashovsky win. On t- I mean, how long has he been coaching? Forty years.
1: Yeah, I'm. I don't. I'm not really <laughs> into it um, either way. I actually liked Duke more when they had more hated players. Like mm. no one knows who, who do you hate on Duke? No one. No. You hated Christian Leitner, you hated JJ Redick, you know. Right. I mean, even like John Shire who was You haven't there.
0: even named the most hateable one
1: of all. More than Christian Leitner, huh? Grayson Allen. Oh yeah, yeah you hated Grayson <laughs> Allen. That makes me like them. Right. Um, right. because Wait, you actually like Duke because of a Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen's the probably the toughest one there. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I I mean that guy's I, psychotic. I like <laughs> rooting for the guys who everyone hates. Just because I, I, I think that society needs heels. <laughs> um, and so, like, you I... need I, tar heels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like when... Oh, <laughs> you
2: don't have the tar heel hat on. I thought you'd have it on today. No, no. Mm. got the colors. Yeah, he does. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. That stuff is just... I, I get a kick out of it. Like, everyone dislikes this guy, and then he wins, and everyone hates it.
0: It's great. <laughs> well, the problem with Grayson Allen is he intentionally trip over trip people. Yeah, he,
1: he was kind of a yeah. dirty player. Not like, even kind of. He's I mean a And
0: Leitner stomped on a guy. Yeah, yeah. Mean of timber like Heel. Yeah,
1: everyone Minnesota. needs a heel. Sometimes oh. the heel hits you in the face. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, anyway. Oh. Um <sighs> Yeah, I'm not I don't know. I don't Coach K doesn't do anything for me, to be honest. Um You wanna pick Texas Tech? No, although I think they are gonna win. Mm. Um I also think Houston's gonna beat Arizona. Mm. Um but my pick of the week is gonna be my riskiest pick of the week ever. Woof. I'm sticking with Cinderella, baby. St. Okay. Peter's money line. Oh wow! I love their coach. Uh, he's gonna be coaching at a big program very soon. Yep. Um, and I don't know. I just think they're dope. So plus re- six fifty. I'm gonna keep riding with St. Peter's. I
2: love it. I love it. A fifteen. That would be incredible.
1: They've done. I mean, they're the reason why the all underdogs bet has been profitable so yep. far. In fact, mm-hmm. if you just bet on them, then. You know, you'd be rich. You'd be very rich, yes. But the strategy, if it wasn't for the strategy, I never would have picked St. Peter's to beat Kentucky. No way. So shout out to the Peacocks. Yes, shout out to the Peacocks. Mace, who are you taking?
0: My usual thing, the emotional hedge. UCLA two-point favorite over North Carolina. Take UCLA. Yeah.
1: That's, um, a, that,
0: that's, that, that's, that's probably about as good a matchup as we've got here in the
1: week. What did team. you think of the ejection <laughs> of Manic?
0: Should have been a flagrant one not a
1: flicker mm, too. I'm with you. I thought it was yeah. garbage. Yeah, I agree. Shouldn't and then
0: I, at one point I think at, starting with that, there were 14 fouls called and I believe 13 were on Baylor or on Carolina, I should say. Which if you watch Baylor and Carolina play, there's no way that unless unless you are just blind, there's no way you could watch those two teams play and say that over a 14 whistle stretch, 13 of them were on Carolina.
2: No, definitely it was, not. It, it was
1: it was a joke. Mace, it was I, I'm,
2: to... I'm taking I'm taking North Carolina.
1: Oh, good, you're gonna
2: win.
0: All right, I hope you're right.
1: They're good. I, I, here, all, my last thing on this. I don't think a player should be ejected from an NCAA tournament game unless they. It's like so so like 100. percent No way it could have been anything else. Like they threw a punch. You know what Intent, I mean? Intent, I right. think, is well. And you know, everyone's saying, "Oh, it's clear." You know, no one boxes out with their arm that high. You just can't tell me 100%. And I just don't think you should get ejected from the NCAA tournament unless it's very, very obvious what you did. Was an ejectable offense? How I mean, about
2: that? How about that bloody nose at the end of the Arizona game last night? That was, yeah. bru- I mean, they took the gods out and it was just a river of yeah. blood.
1: I can't I believe mean, they kept showing that. I know, yeah. and then
2: they showed it in slow mo and zoomed in up. on the blood on the <laughs> yeah. floor. I was like,
1: <laughs> yeah. then just no love for the people no. who get queasy over this no. stuff.
0: I mean, the thing like earlier in that game, a uh, Suhan for Baylor, he or he wrapped, he basically takes his legs and kind of squeezes them around uh, Armando Baycott's leg and kind of twists a little bit. Yeah, and they call that technical foul but he stayed in the game okay i mean i think that's a fair type of punishment for something you know and that was and that was after the whistle which is why it was a tech instead of a flagrant instead of a flagrant one but you know hitting a a flagrant two to me it's got to be something where it's like clear and it should be i know the rule says intent doesn't matter but it's something that i think the ncaa should probably revisit in the offseason
1: also i think we you know we talk about was it intentional what we don't talk about enough is, did he deserve it? Mm-hmm. And he did. <laughs> so, you know, we we should consider that in these rulings. <laughs> so, that would be great.
0: So we're going to hear from Alex Singleton and Josh Johnson at 1 o'clock.
1: All right. So you've got back a few back. minutes here. Uh, we've got a few mm-hmm. minutes for your comments that we can jump into right now. Do we have any Super Chats we need to hit? No Super Chats we need to hit, so straight to the website. Zach, you want to lead us off?
2: First one coming in from Jazzy Broncos. says, great show. Love talking about how the Broncos fit among the best of the best. So thankful for this roster that George is building. Think about the things we could be talking about. Thankful that we have a great face for our organization, and we are not scrambling and hoping for a quarterback that does not have the best image and may be suspended for a good chunk of the year. Thankful we are not talking about the best option between Baker, Matty Ice, or Winston. Thankful we are not talking about how far we lag behind the rest of our division. Thankfully, we are not talking about how Shermer will adjust his scheme or if Vic will fix his time <laughs> management. Nothing but good vibes in Broncos country.
0: Talking a lot about Vic, Vic this weekend, though. At least uh, Sua Cravens was.
1: Yes, yes, Sua had a lot to say. He sure did. More to come on that. Yes, p- potentially more to come <laughs> on that. Um, next one's from Melbourne Bronco. My boys, I'm curious about betting agencies advertising where they're currently here down under. We are absolutely saturated with gambling ads and celebrities starring in them. Shaq, Paige Spirnak, uh, Mark Wahlberg, even Gene Simmons. It's nonstop. Cheers. Are you, if you're asking if we have the same thing here, <laughs> then yes. We have, have you here. heard of DraftKings Sportsbook? <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, we have, there's one that has the entire Manning family
1: in it. Yep. Sure does. Yeah. No one's turning down the betting money. <laughs> no, absolutely
2: way. not. And that's where money is. So, yes, it is going crazy here, Melbourne Bronco.
1: I actually thought it would be worse during March Madness. But I also have an incredible ability to tune out ads. Mm. Um, shout out to, like, Twitter and just smartphones for giving you something else to do when commercials come on. I don't mind ads. So, it doesn't May- bother maybe me. Maybe I haven't Loves noticed- airports yeah. and ads. What a guy. <laughs> Are they
0: advertising during the game? games uh um, any of the sports books i don't i don't notice this see stuff. that may be it may be that the NCA says no sports book ads you know well, what i think that hurt the problem at least on the national on the national feed maybe like like when the local cbs station has its local break you can probably
1: see i have no idea the psychology on this the yeah. ads that work on me maybe the only ads that work on me are ones that come up in my instagram feed i don't know why they get yeah. me yeah like yeah. a oh. like a t-shirt or like something or like I'm a tick like, or something just instagram
2: just instagram
1: yep pops up i'm like i think i need that you're gonna be targeted there's gonna be ads That's now fine.
2: for vintage shirts so then, on instagram there are and i buy them <laughs> um
1: speaking of your love of airports i've been meaning to ask you this yes. have you been to the palm springs airport
2: no is it a must-go? You gotta go. You know, I, I, I've i been down to... Uh, I've been open to the idea of just flying to fly and, like, not even leave the airport.
1: Dude, best vibes of any airport I've ever really? been Really, It's Palm mostly in outside.
2: Oh, that'll do it. So there's,
1: like, you come off the plane, and I, I had no idea what to expect i walk off the plane come out there's like a little indoor part and it's just like a wide open courtyard with like restaurants in the and, security area no like as you're leaving the plane it's, so when i landed so like there, yeah
2: but you're inside the secure area so
1: there's no there's like a huge courtyard in between security and the terminal yeah so wow. you just like walk outside people are like laying on a lawn just that chilling is incredible i was like this is amazing
0: wow what a way to kick off a weekend exactly it's kind of like hawaiian airports <laughs> Like, you yeah. go to the, like, they're mostly open air. And actually, I flew into Long Beach a few weeks ago, and it's kind of the same vibe. Mm. Like, although it's under massive renovation, it's very
1: open air. I cool. couldn't believe it. It was awesome. Like, like it was good enough. I would just like, you could just come here just to hang out. Just to hang out. Oh, I imagine You could ma- me doing that.
0: I do imagine it gets a little stifling in the summer, though.
1: I would imagine so, too. Yeah, that's, that's the Palm one thing. Get away else. with it in, like, San Diego, but Palm Springs. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Out there. Okay. Um, next one is from C. Duts. 1285. My boys, this question may be answered in the next few days before you guys read this. But the restructure of Tim and Cortland freeing up over 12 million in fake cap space. What's the move? Uh, the hype around Collins has been high the last few days. I personally love that move to protect Russ. Who's next on the list? Are they freeing up money for someone like Bobby Wagner? or Does this amount make more sense for signing Kareem and Callahan? And still can't get over Russell effing Wilson, baby. Go Broncos and go DNVR. Thanks, boys. Well, yeah,
2: I can't get over it either. And like Ryan was just going to say, we answer that. It's just kind of bringing their back their own
1: guys. Yep. From Shweed. Hey, Kings. Just curious if you saw the Twitter thread of Sue Cravens and his rant on Vic Fangio. Do you all have any thoughts? Uh, he also mentioned he wants to do a podcast episode about the stories he's got and his struggle with Vic. So maybe with a potential three-ring circus with an emphasis on circus. Mm,
2: and then H-Town Bronco kind of chimes in on that and says, Wow, a lot of Broncos drama on Twitter yesterday. Randy Gregory and Sewell Cravens had no mercy, LOL. Randy Gregory definitely burned his bridge on the way out. Please have Cravens on the podcast. He said he, wants, said he wants to be on a Broncos podcast. That would be legendary. Personally, I believe him. The fact that tweets were liked by Broncos players and Chris Harris responded on his own accord are telling poor drew Locke. this explains a lot the past few years
1: uh yeah one thing i'll just i mean i I think that i believe it too a lot of that stuff um it's not the only person i've heard it from if it was maybe there's more questions but um behind closed doors there was a lot of questionable stories about Vic Fangio and just his people skills
2: I was gonna say his his management and his head coach ability I don't think anyone questions his defensive scheme and defensive knowledge but it's the other things that come with being a head coach
1: yeah I mean I feel like you've all everyone's (laughs) met that person who's just like super out of touch doesn't know when to say some things makes jokes at the wrong time just like that I feel like that's the situation here he didn't so he just really lacks social skills and people skills.
2: Yep, especially when he's sixty and
1: trying to relate to people that are twenty-two. And it's not like it was some secret that he was kind of an asshole. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> like, like that all. was part of his brand. Yep, exactly, um, exactly. Uh, next one from Dan Burke. Hey guys, so Calais Campbell's name doesn't really come up much, but how would y'all feel if the Broncos signed him? I feel like the Broncos need a strong veteran presence on the defensive line, and he's obviously a local guy wanted to play for his hometown back in 2017, so it would be cool if he could play for the Broncos as his career starting to wind down. What do you think his contract would look like?
2: I would absolutely love it, and this is actually a guy whose name we've talked about on here. He's one of my top guys going in free agency. Now the need, because you got DJ Jones, really isn't there, but you would still bring him in if you could get him on a very reasonable deal. I just think he's a guy that's probably still going to get, what, seven, $8 million a year, and I don't think the Broncos will go for that, since he would be kind of a backup
1: i'm just starting to wonder if all these prices are too high because of how late we are and if you're gonna start <laughs> seeing guys like tyron matthews signs a one-year three and a half million dollar deal and we're gonna be like wait why didn't the broncos do that right. clace campbell does the same thing so if it's up near 10 million dollars the broncos probably can't or i can't i'm not gonna say can't anymore probably won't do right. it um but if these deals start to go down 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 especially because it's not just like a time thing. It's a money thing. The longer guys are in free agency, the less money teams have to spend. Wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing these big names sign one year deals for very cheap. Sure. And, and I'm absolutely for it. Um, by the way, I forgot something on drew Locke uh, from the last commenter. And, and as it relates to Sue's comments about how Vic didn't like his personality, all of that may be true, but whether you trust Vic or not, if you trust us, we scored every single right. day of practice right. uh, and the preseason games and everything. And we had Teddy winning the competition. So, and, and also on top of that, the year before, he did
2: lead the league in interceptions.
1: Also, I haven't decided when it is, but I'm going to create an official, we're dropping this Drew day. Drew cut off? Yes. No, <laughs> we're going to announce a day starting that day. Yeah. No more uh, Drew and Teddy talk. I'm, I'm so down for that. And
2: speaking of Drew and Teddy, kind of both trending in different directions today in their new towns. Teddy was asked today. He met with the media and Drew did. Teddy oh. was asked uh, if he has been told he is the backup. And he said, I don't want to talk about that. I have a very special opportunity here. So I think he's, he? uh, he's in Miami with Tua. So he's trending up, potentially being in a quarterback competition with Tua, not just a backup. Okay. Drew, on the other hand, was asked if he's been any been given any uh, promises that he's going to be a starter, and he said, "There's no promises, and that's the way I want it. I want to earn it." So he's kind of trending down in Seattle's. Game. I don't see the trending down. Da- I, I think they're both in the same spot. Um, no, not compared to each other, but compared to like what they're in. Drew has no one else that he's competing with, yet oh, he's I not the starter. Saying. Teddy two as a starter but viewed by many as a starter and he's kind of trending up because now he may actually be in a competition
1: so it's like there's like one person running for city council and they're like are you the <laughs> right, city councilman right. and they're like i haven't been told anything right, yet exactly exactly <laughs> there's still the write-in ballots <laughs> yep yep <laughs> um, next one's from snow goose 77 what's up fellas just had to say how pumped I am for Broncos football again. For the first time in years, George Payton is knocking it out of the park. We got the head coach we wanted, the QB I wanted, and the edge rusher I wanted. We lost that on Lyle Collins, though, but I'll trust George on that one. Named one player in the draft and one player in the free agency that you think would help the Broncos the most. See you in September. Free agency, I already I stated my claim for Tyron Matthew. That's who I would go get if I were the Broncos. Um, obviously, Armstead would be great, too. I just find that less likely. Mm-hmm. Um... As for the draft, when you're thinking
2: about that, my free agency, Dwayne Brown. That is oh. Russell Wilson's dude. He spent uh, many, like a minute talking about him in his opening press conference with the Broncos yesterday. He's old, so this is a short-term fix, but go get him his guy. Put him at right tackle. Put him at left tackle. Move bowls to right. And get Russ his guy to protect him.
1: Um, whatever he needs, give it to him. Um, as for the draft, it's so hard at 64 when we've been focusing on, you know, the top of the draft, top 10 pick for this whole time to then all of a sudden shift who's going to be there at 64. So as we get closer, uh, we'll have a better list of names for you all.
2: Ab- absolutely. It's going to be much different pr- draft
1: prep this year,
2: but it doesn't matter because Broncos got a quarterback. And
1: our draft show is going to be different, but I think mm-hmm. it'll be more fun with mm-hmm. no stress of like. Yep. Oh God, we have to yep. make sure we plan out all this time for when the Broncos pick.
2: And are they getting are they gonna get a quarterback or is it gonna be another competition this year?
1: Right, right. Yeah. I mean last year's draft show is like incredibly stressful. Yeah. Because we're live on air just minutes after the Aaron Rodgers stuff comes out. Yep. So oh, we're like my trying goodness. to follow the Aaron Rodgers rumors. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's inching closer and closer and closer to the Broncos draft pick yep. and we're like, is this move gonna happen before the yep. pick? And then it obviously they don't even draft quarterbacks. So that's like leading even more. I remember right. us talking about like maybe the Packers asked for them to draft Sertan, you know, like mm-hmm. all of that stuff. This year's going to be the opposite. We're going to be laid back, having drinks, yep. having guests. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a blast. Maybe we can even get um, more in studio guests on day right. one because yep. they don't. I don't, I don't even know if the Broncos are going to host the thing at this facility.
2: And it's going to be so – that's a good point. It's also going to be so difficult for the Broncos to trade from the second round back into the first since they're so far back in the second.
1: They're essentially a third-round pick. Yep,
2: they essentially have three third-round picks. Yeah. Uh, Jose in the comment section says, Trey McBride. Man, I'd love that. I don't think he's lasting till the end of the second.
1: I don't either. <laughs> I mean, you could probably move up to the middle of the second. Though. Sure, potentially. Man, that would be fun. Uh, Pastor, hey guys, do you guys have any ownership update? <laughs> as far as the timeline. Last I heard was that it would move forward after the coaching search. When would you guess we see a sale come through? There was some news on this this weekend, Zach.
2: There was. The right of first refusal which was shut down in court a couple of weeks ago has now been appealed uh, by the Kaiser family. So that's now just going through its own process again since it was already turned down uh, once I imagine it's going to happen again. But uh, of course if if I'm the Kaiser family, I'm absolutely having an appeal because billions yeah. of dollars are on the line, but that's not going to slow down the Broncos' process. They're sticking with their timeline. Uh, it doesn't change anything, and we're still looking at middle of summer, end
1: of summer for this thing to be resolved. Yeah, they said, you think that Kaiser is temporary, but Kaiser is permanente.
2: Ah, but that was good. <laughs>
1: And that uh, draws a
2: lot of booze from around the oh, office. I thought it was good. Dude, from Alaska <laughs>
1: Preston, my boys, uh, this may be a question for Mace, but here we go. With the finalization of the trade to, to bring Matt Ryan to the Colts and the potential for Baker to wind up in Atlanta, could this be considered the move the most active offseason of all time? Is there any sort of metric that could support this? I can't remember a year where so much change has happened between seasons. Well, um, here's the metric. It's called my feeling and yes, my feeling says this is the most active offseason ever.
2: Yeah. And,
1: um, it definitely is just look at the quarterback movement yep. and
2: that would tell you,
1: I, I cannot believe that we we've evolved to more quarterback movement. Right. I thought over time we would evolve to even less quarterback movement because the value only skyrockets. But I think the reason is teams realize you have to have a top five guy essentially. So, so number 12, suddenly becomes expendable whereas in the past you were just like oh we have a top 15 quarterback we got to hang on to this guy and try and build around him
2: yeah it's teams are being stupid the seattle seahawks are stupid
1: yes yes they are very stupid now a team like
2: the the falcons matt ryan's done nothing for them the past couple of years in terms of being able to carry them on his back and if they go full rebuild to go get cj stroud or bryce young next year then this move makes sense
1: yeah i mean the browns were willing to put their entire organizational rep- <laughs> reputation on the line to upgrade their quarterback position from a guy that they spent a number one pick on
2: number one overall pick. Yeah. Who's shown flashes too. the whole thing is,
1: <clears throat> is yikes.
2: Yep. Um, he goes on and says, also, any chance you guys expand to Kansas City? KNSC, potentially? Would we'll love for y'all to give Nick Wright some competition. Maybe it'd force him to evolve from his brain dead takes. God bless, and let's go DNVR the bar, pleasure horse, this wonderful community, and of course, the great
1: Iceman. Hope you're out there, Iceman. Um, it definitely wouldn't be KNSC. All I'm
2: yeah i was gonna say anytime <laughs> someone brings up a city and throws out some projected uh letters to use ryan's always like no it wouldn't Not be those. that but then he won't tell anyone
1: what it's gonna be i sir i certainly won't um <clears throat> i don't think we'd be competing with nick Wright in kansas city though
2: no i, I don't think so he uh I-, I don't see him being part of the family
1: no but I- he also doesn't like cover the chiefs
2: no he does he just
1: has terrible takes he just sits on a in his in a- on a screen and Says dumb shit. Very stupid things. Uh, last one here from UGA Bronco. Hey, y'all, a couple of things. One, I might be a little biased, but I think that James Cook out of Georgia would be a good draft replacement for Melvin Gordon that you can get in the fourth or fifth round. Second, uh, it's always terrible to see a player be injured, but I want to start off with that. But what happened with Ojabo? Is there anything any chance that he could fall to us? We can see him as a great piece of our pass rush once he is healthy. Thank you all for the great content.
2: Yeah, terrible. I, I hate seeing that. towards mini- uh, or his uh, Achilles. Achilles. Yeah, what a brutal injury to have during his pro day. Uh, and I don't know what this, is, this does for his value. I certainly don't think it makes him a first-round pick anymore. I don't know if it makes him a late second-round pick, if it drops him to the sixth, if he takes this year off, does not go into the draft and just – uh, I don't know if he's a senior either and or what happens, but just
1: feels so bad for him. Someone is going to get a steal, yep. is what I think. Um, and I guess I'll go silver lining for David Ojabo. Usually Achilles injuries, maybe this isn't the silver lining. I guess you could look at it a couple different ways. Usually Achilles injuries happen almost as like a wear and tear thing. It's not as much of a freak accident as, like, a matter of time thing. Right. So, you, of course, you would have loved for him. Uh, he probably, if he just makes it past his pro day, might never have it happen until after the draft. Yeah. But now he can start the, the recovery process now. Suddenly, people are coming back from this at, an, at a crazy rate. It used to be, you know, a full year for sure. And then you never know how you come back from it after that. All of a sudden, people are coming <laughs> back, like, eight months sometimes even less, In yeah, full uh, recoveries.
2: The the Cam Akers w- w- with the Rams. He tore his Achilles in training camp or the preseason, and he told the Rams, uh, I'll be back for the playoff push, and they all kind of laughed, and as they probably should have because mm-hmm. it's typically a terrible injury to come back from. And sure enough, he was there running the team to the championship.
1: And I think he went for like 50 yards on his first carry back. Yep, yep. Crazy, crazy So stuff. really hope that's what happens with uh, Ojabo. Yeah, and again... <sighs> I'm always weary of the um, injury roll of the dice yeah. kind of red shirt Jake Butts style. Of the world. Yes, but this is one, and especially it's not the knee. It's actually better to have it be the Achilles than the knee, where it's like, okay, you know, if he's sitting there, if he's sitting there at the end of the second round, and the Broncos have a chance to take him. I think that's one that you would be willing to roll the dice yeah, on. Yeah,
2: I, I agree. And Ryan, we had a member come in with a really cool thing, he reached out to us last week. Our member Tommy Bronco uh, or Tokyo Bronco, hey. I'm sorry, who lives in Tokyo. Oh, he has a, he has a band with his buddy. His buddy lives here in California and his buddies has a studio in Boulder. So they have a band, started a band where they practice over Zoom, and then they get together when they're both in Colorado, record these, and they made a song. Their group name is The Maybe Seals, and they just dropped a song, Erasmus, that we're going to play on our way out.
1: All right, only on the podcast side, though, right? Yes, exactly. So if you want to hear the song, you're not going to hear it on YouTube. You're going to have to go to the podcast and listen it there. Uh, listen to it there. But shout out to Tokyo Bronco. Uh, always appreciate when people send us in their music. We love you know helping you guys get publicity. Um, so uh, check it out, and uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow on the DNVR Broncos podcast.